Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 640, recorded live on Sunday, June 21st, 2020. And here are your hosts, the man who is drinking Livewire, Dave Pillay. Hi. And the man who is cracking open Frostbite, Andy Lowe. Hi. Frostbite. It is blue. I mean, they should have made it flat, right? <laughs> Depending on what stage of frostbite you got. I mean, your your skin never turns blue. No, I thought it turns blue. I mean, your your lips turn blue when you get cold, but, like, your skin doesn't turn blue. Uh, <clears throat> does it turn white and pink and black, or...? I mean, I, I, I'm about to Google something I really don't want to look at. Yeah, no, no. I was ready about to click Google image, and I'm like, mm, no, no. Let's, I'm, let's do it. Stages of frostbite. Okay, here. Here's a good image that is not like, oh, my God, uh, disgusting. Uh, if you go to the Mayo Clinic's thing on frostbite. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. If we go with the scientific. Go to the Mayo Clinic's thing on frostbite. It's the first search result on Google. Symptom. Not Google cause. images, but Google nope. itself. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So it's normal, then pink, then white, and then black. Okay. Yeah. Never does it turn blue. No. Okay. It's like that, the stage before frostbite is frostnip. So yes, I have Mountain Dew frostbite. Supposedly cool melon. Okay. Melon is should not be considered a flavor. That is that is like saying citrus. Well, I guess citrus is a flavor though, right? Like... But it shouldn't be. Citrus should not be a flavor. The citrus taste of an orange is very different than the citrus taste of a mandarin is very different than the citrus taste of a lime. Unless citrus is just sour, like citric acid. But it never is because it's always like this orangey, fruity flavor. I, it also turns out that I've missed a flavor, actually. What do you mean you miss a flavor? I, I, you know, I normally try and keep tabs on all the different Mount, Mountain Dew flavors. There is a Mountain Dew Maui Burst. Maui Burst. Maui Burst. Do with a Is blast this their, of pineapple. Their companion to Baja Blood. Pineapple. It pineapple. Is, it is a Dew. Dollar General exclusive. I guess you're going to the Dollar General later today. Maybe not today, but next time I go but shopping, you are going to go and get this. It's a dollar per sixteen ounce can, so. Okay. I don't know. Is, is there a Dollar General nearby? I know we're like there where the Dollar Trees has are. There has to be a Dollar General nearby. Seeing if there's any by work, though. That's the thing. Ah. It's a Dollar General down in Texas Corner. There's one sort of downtown, and there's one all the way out by the airport. So there is not one nearby. So I guess the east side of Kalamazoo is the Dollar General territory, and the west side of Kalamazoo is the Dollar Tree territory. What about Family Dollar? Do you have any of those? Uh, uh, let's see, Family Dollar, as I'm sitting here in Google Maps. Oh, there's a whole bunch of them, all of them downtown-ish. Mm-hmm. So whenever you have to go out of town for work, yes, which is not irregular no no it's not uh you should you should always check to see is there like a dollar general nearby so i'm sipping this frostbite yeah you know i normally like blue as a color and a flavor i i love that blue has a flavor but go ahead um 
I hmm, I don't know. I don't I'm not really digging it. No, no, not really. I'll let it. You know, I'll I mean, let it. I'll, I'll work on it and see if you know that it's an acquired taste. <laughs> Maybe. I sure, Andy. Okay. This. Yeah. No. I. I don't know about this one, but just I, stop. I, if you I, don't like it, stop drinking it. It's not good for you. <laughs> It's not like this is something that you should force yourself to like. I'm going to I'm going to finish this bottle and then we'll go from there. Why? <laughs> it's bad. Throw it out. <sighs> but it's right here and it's already open. Ooh, this website that I'm looking up the information on, uh, the Frostbite and Maui Burst also gives you a copycat Starbucks caramel frappuccino recipe. Whoa. <laughs> Not, not, so not big much sugar, so much sugar, three, four cups, whole milk, half cup of caramel, half cup of caramel. That is a, that's, does the recipe yes. include xanthan gum? No. Then it is not a copycat recipe. Starbucks Frappuccino xanthan gum. Here is a copycat Starbucks caramel frappuccino. And does this one include? And this one does include xanthan gum. And no caramel other than the drizzle, which is probably what Starbucks does. Yeah. Who the hell puts a half a cup of caramel in a drink? I don't know. That's a lot of caramel. Plus, That's you know, gross. Plus, it's cold coffee, so the caramel's not going to... It's not going to dissolve all that well. No, it won't dissolve at all. It's just going to, like, sink to the bottom. Oh, blend coffee, milk, caramel, vanilla. Where's the vanilla? There's no vanilla in your ingredients list. (laughs) This is a really bad recipe. Yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) When you give me directions... No, it turns out... It turns out that Starbucks uses xanthan gum in their... Fra- Have you ever tried to make a Frappuccino, a blended iced coffee drink? No, that's that's why I go to uh, Big B. So when you do it, if you do it at home, you just pour, you know, you put in the coffee, the ice, and the milk, and you're like, great, it should work. It works, and then about 10 seconds later, it separates. And you're like, well, what the hell? Why is it separating? And it's separating because there's literally no binding agent. There's no emulsion going on. Mm. But if you use a little bit, and I mean like a little bit, um, this recipe, which is a cup of coffee, three quarters cup milk, and two cups of ice, is one eighth of a teaspoon of xanthan gum. And that's your binding agent. That's the binding agent. Okay. You know who has a crap ton of xanthan gum? This guy. <laughs> did you did you learn about this on Good Eats? I did not. Oh. I okay. learned about it by watching Binging with Babish. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which I guess is like the modern take on Good Eats. No, because he doesn't go through any of the science. Because I feel, you know, I feel like that's like a Good Eats type of ingredient. Yeah. Well, I, I have it because I have um, the... Stuff in the uh, gluten-free flour. Yeah, no, like, you you need binding agents for... <laughs> yeah, I, I actually have multiple different binding agents, depending on what the recipe calls for. Yep. So I was looking up my, my favorite drink at Big B, which is the Caramel Marvel Frappuccino. Yeah. They say it has caramel espresso velvetized milk. Velvetized milk. 
Yes. Microfoam. Okay, so velvetized milk is Big B's thing. It is it is like a, a trademark. Okay. What is it, though? Because <laughs> that, uh, that does not sound appetizing, because I'm like, mmm, velvet. So the, the like, yeah, here it is. Uh, it's microfoam. Finely textured milk used for making espresso-based coffee drinks, particularly latte art, made with a steam wand of an espresso machine, which pumps steam into a pitcher of milk. Oh, this is the thing where they got that little, uh, the the meat thermometer in it. Like, they, yes. they got that, that, that little, like, thing that goes... It's- I mean, that is that is an espresso machine, period. But yeah. yes, this is where they're pumping the steam from the, the machine instead of the hot water, and the steam goes through the little steam wand into the milk, and it goes, and they, they shake it around, and they get the milk up to temperature. Yeah, if you, so there's different ways of doing that, and if you, if you do it properly, you get microfoam, which is, I guess, velvetized milk in Big V speak. Okay. Also just known as steamed milk. <laughs> you always got to make yourself look different. But no, if you want a, a Starbucks caramel latte, like there are better ways to do that. I'm or, fine. Can I just make a coffee frappuccino at home? Like coffee frappuccino recipe. Because that's like, that's what I get at Starbucks. I go and go to coffee frappuccino. You see, I support the smaller chain, not the big chain. I mean, Big B. It's not a small chain, Andy. How big are they now? Uh, Founded in 1995 in East Lansing. 230 locations throughout the United States. Oh, sorry, 235 now. Yeah. Don't, Don't try and pull this, like, I'm supporting local business bullshit. When they have 234 stores open across 10 states. Yeah. Oh, why is it called Big B? Because the <clears throat> the company's logo had a big B on it. So that's why it is. I mean, didn't it used to be called Beaners? Yes. It, it was originally Beaners Coffee. Yes. And then someone pointed out that that's racist. <laughs> like, super racist. So then, yes, they changed it to Big B because of the big B in the logo. Yeah. God, 235 stores. <sighs> yeah, if I really wanted to support really local, I'd go to Water Street, but there's not really a Water Street near work. I have um, Barrique's. Barrique's is my, like, super local. I wonder if Big Apple Bagel. I know Although, they, do, they do coffee there. I don't know if it's local I say coffee. Barrique's is my super local, but how many Barrique's stores are there now? Like, they have their own rewards program at this point. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They have eight stores locally. Does that still count? <laughs> They're just a really successful local store. They're all in Madison. Okay, Big Apple Bagels has Brewster's Coffee, and there's only 76 stores, so we're getting smaller. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, um, that's probably enough of that. Yeah. <laughs> Started with Mountain Dew, ended up in coffee. We just need caffeine. Caffeine for days. Oh, man. So we have not recorded for a little while. Nope. You've been gone. I've been gone. I went to northern Michigan to Laura's cabin. And I have bad news, Andy. What? Mancino's is closed in Manistee. I I heard. I sad. Ah. <laughs> uh, the plus side, it's still open in Cadillac. 
Well, it's still open in Cadillac, and it's still open in Ludington. Ludington. Yeah, so we we tried to stop at the one at Ludington, because we took the ferry back. Okay. Uh, but not that ferry. We took the other ferry, but oh, Ludington the, is on the way to that ferry. Yes, because you, you, oh, you took the um, the hydrofoil ferry, right? Uh, hydroplane. Hydroplane, yes. I think was, is what it's... Yes, but yes. The one, the Muskegon one, the Muskegon to Milwaukee. Yeah, the Lake Express. Yeah. Which which is a much faster and significantly more comfortable trip. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, yes, we took that one. Uh, and so we stopped in Ludington because we, we were there right around lunchtime. And because of, you know, COVID, uh, they, they asked that you call in to order it and then they would bring it out to you so that, like, you don't go into the store. Yeah. Uh, and so I called as I'm sitting in their parking lot and I'm like, hey, uh, can I get this pizza for Laura? And then can I get a uh, a gluten-free turkey uh, grinder? And like, we don't have a gluten-free bread. I'm like, oh, can I get a gluten-free pizza? We don't have gluten-free dough. <laughs> oh. Do you guys have the gluten-free chicken tenders? We don't have chicken tenders. I'm like, well... I guess I'm canceling the order because I'm not waiting 30 minutes for Laura's pizza and not getting any food. We're just going to go and find something in Muskegon. Oh, so sad, sad. All right. I did get the grinders from the Cadillac location. It was a different bread, but it was still pretty darn good. Well, Cadillac's what, like a half hour out of I just, you know, I thought about the Ludington one because that's literally right off of 31. Yeah, it's it's on your way up there. Yeah. Uh, how long is Manistee to cattle? It's a bit of a drive. Yeah, because you're taking 55 over. Basically 55 <laughs> straight over. Uh, yeah, it's an hour-long drive. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> so, no. Not, not driving an hour for round trip, it would be two hours. Just for lunch. Yeah. Or dinner. Yeah, no. Not not a thing. Nope. Uh, I did also do the U-Haul thing. Oh. Which is why we took the ferry. Because there was no way I wanted to haul a U-Haul trailer on the interstate tollway. So you rented a U-Haul, took the, took the Lake Express? Yep. Took that up to cabin and then okay so no 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 we we rented the u-haul in cadillac oh and took the u-haul back yep okay did one way ah so i was able to drop the u-haul off here in madison nice yeah it was a it was an interesting drive with you know not being able to use the rearview mirror (laughs) yep so how was your contactless pickup uh it was not so contactless Oh, it was also not like when you pick up a U-Haul trailer. Yes, because you did this recently, right? Yeah. Well, I got a U-Haul van. You got a U-Haul van. Okay. if you were to go pick up a U-Haul trailer. Yes. What would you expect to to be that process? (sighs) Well, have you ever picked up a U-Haul trailer? Yes, I actually did. (laughs) Okay. I rented a U-Haul trailer to pick up a server rack from somebody down in South Bend. So what was that process? Um, well, it was during uh, a massive snowstorm, so there was, uh, having to go into the store, renting a U-Haul trailer, you know, like, signing all the paperwork and everything, and then having to help the guy snow shovel a trailer out so he could hook it up to my Outback. Uh Uh-huh. And then, um, yeah, he, we had to get all of the, uh, had to get another extender for my trailer lights. 
because my the Outback is built with a trailer hitch and it's got the trailer light cabling. Cool. So I had to get the trailer light extension cable because ours wasn't long enough. And yeah, I, I drove it down to South Bend, picked up the rack, drove <clears> it back to work, and then dropped off the trailer later that day at the same place. Okay. So salient points. You went there, filled out the paperwork. Yes. I got to do that part online. I actually okay. filed all the paperwork, took pictures of my ID. I was able to do all of that on the internet. So that was nice. Yes. Uh, you helped him dig out the trailer, and then he hooked it up. Yes. And then I assume after he hooked it up, he also had you, like, turn on the car and press on your brakes. Yes. And turn on your turn signals. Yes. So I went into the store. Guy looks up at me like, yeah. I said, I'm here to pick up a U-Haul. He's like, okay, do you know what size you're getting? I'm like, yep, it's the 5 by 8 He said, okay, they're around back. Go hook it up, bring it back up here, and I'll get you checked out. <laughs> oh. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> So I go around back. I figure out how to hook up a U-Haul trailer. <laughs> uh, thankfully, I mean, I had already gotten the ball hitch from Meyer and had it hooked up and put everything together. And I'm like, okay, how the hell does this work? And like, I had Laura back up the car so that it was under the trailer. Okay, so we get it hooked up. I pull it up front and it's like, okay, I'm going to need to see your license and your stuff and your register all this time. Like, I did that all online. He's like, oh, okay, then all I need you to do is, like, sign this one thing. And I sign it. He says, all right. And he calls out to this other guy in the back. He's like, hey, go check out their car. Make sure it's hooked up. And the guy walks around the car. He glances at it. He gets down. He looks to see that, like, I, I assume he looked to see that, yes, the lights are indeed hooked in. But he never touches it. And he turns to us. He says, all right, you're good. That's like, that's like when I, uh, when my, uh, grandparents, we sold our grandparents' house up in Traverse City right when we were moving into this house here. And so, um, I picked up all the furniture from my grandparents' house and basically used it to furnish this house. Mm hmm. Um, I rented like a 24 foot Penske box truck. Yeah. Like 24 foot Penske box truck, big thing. Like you had to climb up steps in order to get into the cab. Yeah. I go up there to rent it up in Traverse City. They just have me sign, you know, a couple of things. They're like, all right, here's the key. And you're like, uh, what? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think I've ever driven anything this big before. Yeah. I'm like, no, don't worry. You'll be fine. What? Yeah. It's just like, what? Like that time I rented the that off road forklift truck. Yep. Thirty seconds. Oh, you, if you played video games, this should be fine for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've been training for this my whole life. Thirty yeah, seconds. No, I I was a little sad and disappointed when they're like, "Yeah, just go hook it up yourself." I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Are you Are you sure? Um, but of course, like me being me and, and humans being humans and wanting to save face, I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. I'll go do that. Yeah. <laughs> I did it successfully. Well, yeah, no, good job. Like I figured out what the, the piece of the instructions are on the, the thing. So like that was helpful. Uh, and then of course the real treat came when it was time to back bring up. It. Well, no, well, so I actually, so here's a cool thing. Uh, after my, my mother-in-law warned me that like, Hey, backing up is weird and it's different. And you need to get used to it. I'm like, okay. Uh, so we went from where we rented the trailer to, um, uh, a, a storage shed, which is why we had the trailer was so that we could load it up with stuff from the storage unit. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was this huge open grass field next to the storage unit. And I'm like, I'm going to practice this. And I did. I, I spent a good like 10 or 15 minutes just practicing backing up and what happens as you back up and what the changes are and how you and like by the end of it I was able to turn the trailer 90 degrees. Well, that's good. Yeah. And it's a damn good thing that I I figured that out cuz uh, there were other times where I was backing up. I'm like, it's really good that I know how to do this because I would have done this wrong. Um, yeah, yeah. The the other fun part was the fact that I tried to back it up into my driveway and couldn't. That actually happened with me with the massive truck. Yep. I could not back that thing up into our driveway. I just, it, I couldn't. My Well, my driveway is too steep. It would have broken the hitch. Ours, um... Yeah, I, ours, I think the driveway was too steep as well, because the moving company who handled moving our stuff from the apartment over here also could not actually back up into our driveway as well. So I'm like, oh, good. Yep. It's not just me. I'm like, moving company guys, I feel like, you know. Probably- yeah, I mean, they've, they've got the experience, they've got the practice. Yeah. Yep. Okay, well, should we hit topics? Yeah, we probably should hit topics. <laughs> how, how far have we gone without touching the topics? Half an hour. All right. Look at that. Uh, football games. Actual football, not American football. Oh, okay. my God. Did I just say that? Yes. Oh, shit. I'm being converted, Andy. This is not good. Football. So are, are we played. talking like Premier League or what? I don't even know. It's a, it's the like Spanish La Liga, which is the Spanish Football Association. Okay. Um, they started their games up with no audience. Makes sense. Yeah. But they didn't want it to look like a bunch of players playing with no audience. So they digitally added an audience to their broadcasts. But it's like the worst. You know that scene in Star Wars in episode one where they made the digital crowd for the, the pod racing? Yeah. It's worse than that. Oh, geez. Like, it's significantly worse than that. It lo- and and Kotaku is the one that's calling it out. They're saying like this looks like it's from FIFA ni- like the mid nineties. Yeah, what the yeah? I'm looking at a screenshot of this and that just <laughs> it looks like friggin' Tecmo Bowl. Plus, if you look at it, you can see the repeat pat of the pattern. <laughs> yep. In so like crowd. somewhere in there, there's a start and end. <laughs> it's like it's not even randomized. It's just like they took a clip and they pasted it on. Control V, Control V, Control V, <laughs> Control V. So, yeah, I I found that highly amusing. And I'm like, why not just leave it empty? Why not just let it be? I'm watching the video you appear. Yeah, no, that's just... This is bad. Especially since you're looking at, the, uh, at some of the replays, and some of the replay angles don't have the virtual crowd. No, you actually just see the seats, like the the empty seats. Yeah. Which is, and it looks fine. Like there's a bunch of players on the field. Who cares if the seats are empty? Yeah. (laughs) I love that. There's, it looks like, because part of the, part of the seating is only half as high as the other part. It, you could, it looks like the crowd literally is just cut. Well, no, it's, it's worse than that. And you can see it in those other angles when they, they change it and you see it without any of the manipulation. There's a cover over the seats. 
So why why don't you just leave the cover over the seats? Uh, check out time code 21, uh, 20 seconds. 20 seconds? All right. Yeah. You see, that's a nice cover. Why not just right. leave that? And, and it's clearly, that's what they replaced. It is absolutely 100% clear. All they did is they just click applied the mask on the cover. That, oh... Just, just don't. Yep. So that's, that's a, it's just bad. I was talking with someone over our, our last like two weeks when, when we weren't recording about sports restarting and about like what it's going to be like. And cause we, the topic of tennis came up that like tennis is actually fairly safe for the, the perspective of COVID-19 and, and of like disease transmission, like tennis is actually a fairly safe sport because the players are never close to each other. It's usually played in open air outside. Mm-hmm. So like, that's actually really cool. Although they did get rid of the, the ball boys uh, who, who run over and get the balls. So you see all these like professional tennis players who have to go get their own balls for once. And they're all like, they all hate it. It's hilarious. But the topic of other sports came up and like, What's football like? What is American football like without the audience, without the crowd? Because a lot of of colleges are talking about doing that and professionals are talking about doing that. Can you imagine what the broadcast would be like without the audience noise to cover up the sound of the players ramming into each other? (laughs) It's going to sound like a sumo wrestling match. It's going to sound worse than that because you're getting like helmet to helmet stuff. So like. You're going to hear like hut, hut, hike, and then it's just thunk. <laughs> like, that's that's not going to go well. That's going to be the end of the sport. Yeah, no. Uh, American football? Mm-mm. <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, that, that's my big one. What do you got? Well, PAX got canceled. Yeah. But also didn't. No. Yes, they're doing PAX Online. PAX Aus and PAX West, FKA PAX Prime, uh, are both canceled due to COVID-19. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. But they've decided to take the entire thing online. And that's kind of cool, because, like, they can do that. They can do a 24-hour-a-day, nine-days-long conference. Nine days of content. That's the plan. Nine solid days of content. Because when it gets late in the U.S., it's you know, midday or or morning even over in Australia. And if you've got a a staff of people in one and the other, you can just keep it going. Especially if everything's online, you could do, you know, I I don't know how many webinar-based presentations I've seen from, because the the National Association of Broadcasters canceled their big show. So all the manufacturers are like, well, shoot, this is where we normally, you know, it's kind of like the auto show where people like, you know, debut all their new stuff. They're like, well, shoot, web presentations it is. Go to meeting, Zoom, Google Meets, or Hangout Meets, or whatever the hell it's called now. It's just like, you know, you know, a lot of those technically are live, but they could be pre-recorded, no problem. Yep, so I'm I'm kind of excited for this. Yeah. Which, um, Dave, do you know that they are looking for panel submissions for, for this? For the 24 hours a day, nine days of the week PAX yes. thing? Yeah. Do you have an idea for a panel? I haven't figured that out yet, but I'm working on something. Okay. I mean, yeah. What What are you working on? 
I don't or know. do we not want to share it yet? Or like, it's not even that far. You're just like, we could do a panel. Probably, yeah, we could do a panel. We just have to figure out who could be on the panel. Well, it depends what the panel is about. That, yeah. Let's let's start with that and then figure out who we should get as opposed to get a bunch of people and say, what can we do on the panel? Oh, yeah, no, that's a, that's a good question is <laughs> what happens if we're up at the cottage? Uh, I don't think we would be. It's a different week. Oh, it's a different week? Yeah, it's it's late September. Oh, okay. It's also September nine days long. <clears throat> so we could, you know, heck, we could just do the show. <laughs> a live hour. Eh. Not very we, exciting? We could. I don't know if that's going to be exciting enough. Yeah. We, we might want to think of something different. I'd, I'd like to see, like, a, a, a good debate. Like a video game based debate. Isn't sci fi doing something like that? Or Siffy? No or... idea. Uh, let's see. Uh, sci fi wires, the great debate. Thursdays at 11. Okay. <clears throat> I think, yeah, they, uh, they literally debate things on the show. Oh, okay. I'm not sure what, but that's, that's the premise of the show is the great debate. So. I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of shows that are like that, though. I mean, they did it on uh, King of the Nerds. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. We'll figure something out. We'll try something. I'm, if dude, if I'm not, we'll have plenty of... No, I'm up for it. Yeah. That would be fun. <clears throat> yeah, I'll think of something. Okay. Uh, Summer Game is done quick. Similarly canceled and moved online. Which, that that seems an easy... That seems an easy transition. Granted, you don't have the crowd behind the person on the couch, but you you wouldn't even have the couch. Like that's going to be weird. Yeah, I'm I'm a little nervous about the like the the streamers will have an easy time doing it. Yeah. Most of them have their own setup. Most of them know exactly what they're doing. They'll be able to have that all ready to go. Uh, what what I'm going to miss is like the couch stuff and yeah. the commentary from the couch. A solo and two-person run may have up to four commentators. A three-person run, no runner commentary, may have up to three commentators. And a four-person run, no runner commentary, may have up to two commentators. Wait, a what? A four-person run, no commentary? May have up to two comment, no runner commentary. Okay, oh, if the runner is not speaking. Yes, then you can have up to two commentators if the runner is not talking. Okay. So I guess they can hold a maximum of six... Six windows, I guess, or which five. makes sense. Yeah, kind of makes sense. I like it. Okay, as I said, I'm I'm excited for it. They've opened submissions for that too, but I don't think you or I are good enough at no. literally any game. I feel like like you, it'd be like a running gag during the show where it's like, okay, Andy gets thrown into this game he's never played before. Let's see how long it takes him to actually finish it. Uh, <laughs> way longer than they want. <laughs> The whole so I will point out they did I think it was two years ago they did a really cool one where they actually had that they had a runner who had never played the game and what they did is they had him sit down with someone who was an expert at speed running the game and the expert walked him through the like the the tricks the general things the the pieces to like here's what you do and and walked him through running the game and then the guy ran through the game on his own. Okay, now that's neat. Yeah, like that was actually really cool to watch. Also, it's a game that I loved playing as a kid, and it was really hard, and I never finished it. Sounds like most of the games I've played as a kid. <laughs> never having finished them? Yep. How's that uh, that attempt at Zelda? <laughs> oh, time. Yep. 
Yep, yep, yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, what else? I got a topic list here somewhere. Uh, it's a bunch of stuff with AT&T. Yeah. They're, they're, they don't seem to be in a very good spot. No, they they have a lot of money that they owe people. Uh-oh. What's, what's AT&T's Why? current debt load? I saw it in one of Why our Why does articles. AT&T have so much debt? Basically because of their DirecTV purchase. Oh, was that a bad choice? Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh-oh. Uh, AT&T is looking at divesting assets to service its almost $200 billion in debt. That's a lot of debt. Yeah. That's a lot of debt. So because of said debt, yeah. they are closing 250 stores, and they are cutting thousands of jobs. Literally thousands of jobs. Tell me again how repealing net neutrality was supposed to, like, jumpstart the industry and make everyone, like, really good. Well, the other fun fact is this actually came a day after T-Mobile laid off hundreds of employees after the merger. Which, again, they also said, like, oh, no, this will, you know, we, we won't lay people off. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the T-Mobile stuff, though, was probably the fact that, you know, probably going to close Sprint stores that, you know, where places are, you know, where there is a, it probably cut off the duplicate people is what my if there was a sprint store next to a t-mobile store yeah that sort of thing yeah probably yeah uh told approximately 400 former sprint employees on a call on monday that they would need to find new work after august 13th but that's literally 400 at&t is thousands so yeah no the at&t man so much debt plus you know also the time warner merger i think that that's a whole bunch so wasn't there some there there Doing something with Warner Brothers, too, though. Yes, they're trying... Part of this thing is they're closing up the thing they're also trying to sell because they, you know, they got Time Warner. Um, they're trying to sell Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment. That's the video game division of Warner Brothers. Yes. So the Harry Potter games, the Game of Thrones games, the Lego movie games, uh, Mortal Kombat games, Scribblenauts. That um, I think bat, the Batman games the money though, right? Like, there's no way that Warner Brothers Interactive is losing the money. But I guess if you need the money now because you have two hundred billion dollars in debt, then yeah, you you sell it off even if it's making you money because you need a a massive influx of cash right now. Yep. Wow. That's just that's. I am absolutely dumbfounded. That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Wow. The annual payout for a stock of AT&T right now is $2.08 per share. That is a okay. lot. That's their price per share? Yeah. Or not price, per, but profit per share? Well, yeah, the dividend payout per share is $2.08. Oh, that's the, that's the dividend? Yes. How much? $2.08 per share. That seems really high. Yes, yes, it does. That's why I said, whoa, $2.08 per share? I feel like if they... Uh... I mean, it's 30 bucks a share right now, the company is. That's a lot. Although it looks like their stock is still kind of recovering from the, the COVID drop. Mm-hmm. And it's down. Hmm. That is a lot of, of dividend payment payment, though. Dividend payments cost AT&T around $14.89 billion in 2019. They've got to stop that soon, right? <laughs> like, there's no way they can keep up with those payments. With long-term debt in the hundreds of billions? Or are they too big to fail? Like, will people not let them I don't know. Is go out AT- of business? Is AT&T too big to fail? I mean, if AT&T were to fail... 
like what happens to everyone's phone? Well, I, what what should happen is other companies could buy up that service, but not Verizon. Verizon, no. But Verizon doesn't get to <laughs> no Verizon. Don't think about but it. But like the 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 problem with that is because of the way we have our cellular signal like industry. Let's say. AT&T goes bankrupt and sells off all their stuff and it's all purchased by like local companies. That means that your cell phone only works locally, right? Like you would, you would have to have so many roaming agreements. Right. And that's the thing is the companies don't have those sorts of agreements. Yeah. Because that's not how we run the industry. No, that, that, yeah, no, they would... That's that's the advantage of these like national scale um, companies is that they they can just do that. But no, if we were to change it and have it be smaller and and local, like it would need to have a significant shift to the industry. The question, though, becomes, you know, 90 percent of my days are pretty much spent in the same local area. Yep. Although, are they spent on the same um, cell towers? Do you know how many cell towers you hit in a day? Uh, I used to when I was tracking that information for um, was, was Cell Mapper, I think, or Open Cell Mapper. I don't know. I was trying to find out that information at one point. So I, I ran the open software and I was pinging, you know, all the AT&T and T-Mobile towers. Yep. Um, well, then also, yeah, with 5G coming out, too, that number's going to skyrocket with the number of towers needed. Sorry, disconnected. I'm back. Didn't even notice you had gone. Good. You know, yeah, 5G towers are going to, you know, send tower counts through the roof, so. Because they're so tiny. Yep. <laughs> coverage area, not that lot. Oh, coverage area, really not not great. No. Nope. On, on 5G. Mm-hmm. I had a friend, I tell you this, I had a friend who was like, I'm I'm looking at a new phone. Is it worth waiting for 5G? And I'm like, well, you know, possibly. Like, it's supposed to be a lot faster. It's like, I'm going to sp- be spending a lot of time in, like, rural areas. And I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> it's like, what? Like, it's going to be terrible for that. Like, the rollout is going to happen in the most populated cities. And it's going to take a long time for it to roll out to, like, the middle of nowhere. Heck, there are places even in the middle of nowhere right now that I don't even get 4G. They're Andy. Andy. Yes. I was just in the middle of nowhere. I didn't have cell signal. That's that's also true. Yes, I I I know that feeling. Forget 4G. I had nothing. Well, that's what I'm kind of curious to see if the band 12, I think, is what T-Mobile bought up in the northern lower peninsula. Oh. Uh, that said, I should point out, I think we talked about this. SpaceX is taking requests for Starlink beta testers. Yep, I already signed up. <laughs> Good. I mean, I'm already getting our internet. We are talking right now over a cellular connection. I mean, literally, it's a 4G cellular connection for my home internet. I, you know, if the satellite works, more power to it. Man, especially for some of our transmitter sites... I just I just actually had to put internet out at one of our transmitter sites and the, we got I called up AT&T and AT&T's like nope nope we're not going to put cable out there. You can have phone lines for yep. 80 bucks a month and I'm like mm, no. There is a fiber connection a half a mile away from my house and I can't get it because they don't service this area. Yep, I know that feeling. Like you assholes. Yeah, one of our transmitter sites over in Battle Creek 
Hold on. Let me let me pull up the map so I can tell you the exact mileage from where the cable is. Because I, I talked to the guy because we've got fiber in our Kalamazoo and Battle Creek offices, right? Mm-hmm. It is, let's see, that's there. The road is there. Measure distance. So where's measure distance? Measure distance is on the bottom. It is literally 1,000 feet from the fiber line. 1,000 feet from the fiber line, and I cannot and? get service. Nope. I oh. <sighs> yep yep um excuse me oh that uh that live wire is just not not getting me through um would you like some frostbite <laughs> no no I wouldn't <laughs> melon flavor mm-hmm so like honeydew melon or cantaloupe melon I'm not sure. Like I can or taste watermelon. No, definitely not watermelon. Okay, definitely not watermelon. Probably like cantaloupe melon. What probably what makes sure. a melon? So let's see. Uh, so yeah, AT and T is going to sell. AT and T is laying people off. Why um, is the very first thing I? Oh, because melon.com. Okay, like why is the first Google search result in in not English? I'm not sure if this is Korean. I think it's Korean. Um, Google has dropped the price of Stadia Premiere. Cool. So it's down to a hundred bucks now for a Premiere Edition, but you do not get three months of Stadia Pro for free anymore. Aww. So you get one month of free Stadia Pro. Yeah. You get a Chromecast Ultra and a Stadia controller. For how much? A hundred. That's still a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Not nearly as much as the PS5 is going to cost, but it's still a lot of money. Well, we don't know. We well, yeah. Well, we know it's not going to be more than a hundred bucks, but we still don't know what it is. But we do know there is going to be a digital edition for less, supposedly. <laughs> the the digital edition will supposedly be less than the physical disc edition. But according to the PlayStation CEO, he has said, "I'm not talking about prices right now because it's going to be seven hundred dollars." It's gotta be like. What was our bet? Hold on, let me pull that up. It's. I think uh, the over under was six hundred. It's five seventy five. Five seventy five. I said more. Yes. You said less. Yes. How so are you feeling the, about that? Now the question is: Are we gonna? Do we want to do the standard edition then? Can we? I do, so do we, when when we made the bet, was your? Did you think it was going to have a disc drive? Yes. Then I think we should go with the standard edition. Okay, I'm going to amend our bet. Five seventy five for the PS five standard. Has, whichever version has the disc drive edition. That is the that's the, yeah because they said there's going to be that two sound versions. Fair? Yes. Okay. How you feeling about that? <sighs> it's like frostbite. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm just. I feel like I'm just going to keep plowing through. I feel like I got my my dinner coming. I'm going to keep plowing through. <laughs> That's what the bet was for, right? It was yes. for dinner? Of course. Okay. Standard dinner bet. Yeah. Yeah. Standard bet. Right. Yeah. Take each other out to dinner. Yeah. Man, I miss taking you to to Mongolian barbecue. I miss Mongolian barbecue, period. Is it? It still exists, right? Yes, yes, yes. But the one here in town. Closed. Closed. Which, I've, if yeah. I remember correctly, it closed like right after Christmas. And so a whole bunch of people had gotten Mongolian barbecue gift cards for Christmas. Oh, no. And then the place closed down. Oh, although it's not called Mongolian barbecue anymore. It's actually Mongolian grill. The BD's Mongolian grill. Oh, where are they? All on the east side and up in Grand Rapids. Locations. There we go. There's one in Grand Rapids. 
Yes, there is one in Grand Rapids. There is two in Chicago. There is not one in Grand Rapids. I thought there was one in Grand Rapids. I'm looking at their map right now, Andy, and there is not one in Grand Rapids. Did the Grand Rapids one close too? There might be a different Mongolian grill style place. Oh. But it is not a BD's Mongolian grill. There is one in Lexington, Kentucky. And one in Dayton, Ohio. Oh, now there it is. Permanently closed. Well, why the hell, Google, are you putting it on my search list if it's permanently oh, closed? That's too bad. There's uh This is Mancino's all over again. Yeah. Yeah, literally, there's there <laughs> I'm on the search list and if if you if I zoom out enough, I see oh now they've now they've disappeared. Why were they on there if they were permanently closed? <laughs> now they've <laughs> now disappeared. disappeared. Google go home, you're drunk. <laughs> uh there are two in chicago well you know i have to find out where the heck tenet's actually going to be um getting released in um 70 millimeter okay why because i like my big form factor movies i see what is tenet about that is an excellent question. It's a Christopher Nolan movie, so who the hell knows? There was there was um a uh um there was a TV spot that premiered in Fortnite. I remember that. And then there was a um yeah, there's a there was a there was a trailer release and it's something about like controlling time. Okay. The, An like, operative so, of the organization known as Tenet is tasked with preventing World War Three. Yes. Okay. And it's being released in IMAX, 35 millimeter, and 70 millimeter. Yes. Just like he in did with uh, Dunkirk. I think he also released Dunkirk in 70 millimeter as well. Which I still well. need to see. That is a like that is a crazy story. If you heard you like if you hear about like what they did at Dunkirk, it was like really <laughs> that. I mean, you mean all the merchant ships that went across the channel so that they could evacuate the troops and yeah. not get destroyed by the Nazis? Yes. Yeah. There's there's a reason they made a movie out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it saved the war. Yeah. Uh if if they had not managed to evacuate those troops, like that would have been the end of the war. Aw, he wrote and produced the movie with his wife. Cool. So anyway, you're thinking that like maybe you'll see it in Chicago? Well, I have to find out where it is in 70 millimeter. I mean, 70 millimeter movie. They, ha- they haven't released the, the locations yet. Expect- well, it, they said it's supposed yeah. to be still coming out in July. So I don't know what's going on. 70 millimeter movie theaters. Uh, for me, there's a bunch of them in Milwaukee, except they all say now closed. So there, there are none in Milwaukee. They're all closed. Huh. Uh, Michigan. Michigan. The Michigan theater has a 70 millimeter camera. I think it's it, it's like basically temporarily like installed every once in a while for it. They installed a 70 millimeter for the restored Lawrence of Arabia in 1989. Oh, really? But like, so is, is 70 millimeter bigger than IMAX? Well, you know, what's what's the IMAX standard right now? Because right now IMAX, you know, I could go to the IMAX here at the Celebration Cinema and then go to the same Celebration Cinema IMAX up in Grand Rapids and have completely different, completely different setups. Okay. Because the it, it's no longer, they basically just, you know, they, they sold out the name. Yeah, but so 35 millimeter was the diagonal, wasn't it? Each frame was 35 millimeters across? Um, I think so. But 70 millimeter is not. Thanks, autoplay video. That's really helpful. <laughs> 
have ad blocker on. I got HTML5 supposedly on and yet still somehow get autoplay videos. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, you want to see this in 70 millimeter. You may need to go to Chicago to do that. Yeah. If you're in Chicago for that, then I could drive down two and a half hour drive and we could go to Mongolian barbecue in Naperville. Okay. Okay. So 35 millimeter. Yeah. That's, that's horizontal. Okay. And then there's a 70 millimeter. That's also horizontal, but IMAX 70 millimeter is 70 millimeters vertical. Oh, that is significantly bigger. Yeah. Okay. Cause the vertical is the smaller one. Yes. Well then. Granted, nobody's really doing 70 millimeter because those cameras are a pain in the butt to use. Yeah, because they're huge. Yeah. Okay, we're probably near the uh, the time limit, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, we're we're already past an hour, so. <laughs> okay, I totally misspelled squadron. That's embarrassing. Squ- squadron. Yeah, that's that's super. Hang on, I'm gonna go change that. Uh, copy that. So wait, I can play Star Wars Squadron with a joystick. Uh, not just a joystick, a hotas. That's a joystick. Uh, yes, but no. So when when you think of a joystick, I, I think of just the one stick, right? Sure. So HOTAS, or HOTAS, I don't even know how they actually pronounce it, H-O-T-A-S, is hands-on throttle and stick. That's where you have the buttons on the joystick. Well, on the actual, like, where your and thumb is. And the throttle. And the throttle, yeah. You have two things. Your hands should both be on... So, when I used to play X-Wing, which I, I'm first off, Star Wars Squadrons, I am hoping beyond hope that EA is like as, as hands off as possible <laughs> that corporate. This is my thing of like corporate EA. Don't fuck this up, please, please don't mess this up. I, I'm so excited if they get this right because i loved x-wing and tie fighter those were amazing games oh yeah no i never played x-wing but i played tie fighter and i played that thing a lot yeah if they can bring that forward and do that well like that's awesome now when you played tie fighter how did you play it do you remember like what was your control setup it was it was just keyboard and mouse oh wow oh wow okay i had keyboard and joystick yeah no i (laughs) Yeah, no, no, I never had a joystick for any of the PC stuff, so. Yeah, I don't know how I would I would do with a mouse on those games. Those were not mouse-friendly games. It was a lot of very quick flipping. <laughs> yeah, and that's back when it was a trackball mouse, too. Yep. Uh... I I do I did mouse uh, joystick and keyboard and I was I was pretty damn good at it actually but I'm 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 kind of excited for this I'd like to go back to that joystick and keyboard because uh, I don't think the the throttle gives you enough control like there aren't enough buttons and switches on it for you know a starfighter. Well, let's see. You need a button for the pew pew. You need a button That's for on your, that should be on your joystick. Yeah. You need a you need a button for your um your torpedoes. Uh so lasers what I, torpedoes. What else do yeah, you need? Yeah, but what I well what I used to do for lasers versus torpedoes was uh you toggle between them. You don't fire them at the same time. The fire stick is the fire stick. It's the the button to shoot is always shoot. It's just what are you shooting? 
right? Mm -hmm. So my control was two buttons on the joystick. There was fire, and then there was the top button, uh, which served two purposes. One, it was a target select, so it would it would target whatever was directly in front of you. That was a tap on that button. It was just like, hey, change my target to this thing that's directly in front of me. Uh, the other thing I would use it for is if you pressed it and held it and then moved the joystick, it changed the yaw rotation into a roll rotation. Well, okay then. And and so that was that was it made it very easy to maneuver because you could turn and then pull back and you would do you know all the transfer the the stuff that you needed to do. Um, what other buttons do you need? How about managing your power between shields, weapons, and engines? How about managing your throttle? How much power is going to like you could throw all power to the engines, but you might still want to go at only a quarter engine for a little bit. How about balancing your shields and rebalancing your shields, linking your weapons so that they are independent fire versus fire in pairs versus firing all four at once? Target control. Who are you targeting? Who are you scanning? Turning your head to view the different positions. Are you looking forward? Are you looking backwards? I just like two buttons. (laughs) You just want two buttons? Just two buttons. Two buttons. Just pew pew and bang bang. Yes. Pew pew bang bang. That's all I need. Actually, sorry. Three. Pew pew bang bang. Go faster. Go faster. (laughs) A go. I need a go faster button. I just feel like that's just, you know, something you need. Yeah, no, except you also need a go slower button. Oh, yes. Okay, so four. <laughs> or the stop button, which is really just go slower a bunch of times. Yes. All right. Uh, review? Sure. Uh, it is your review. Woo! I played some video games when I was on this little vacation because why not? You don't um, have internet, I- so... I made sure to update everything I had before I left. I'm like, okay, Switch, do you need a system update? You do. Okay, let's get that done. Okay, now I put in the first game. Okay, do you need an update? You do. Okay, let's get that done. Uh, I played, and this was actually interesting. I I didn't think I played, you know, when, when I play a game... I try not to switch to other games very frequently, right? Like you you play a game and you play it and you finish it. I was with my nephews who were like, they asked me, what are you playing? And I'm like, oh, it's called Legend of Zelda Hyrule Warriors. I'm like, okay. I showed them the game. They're like, that's really cool. And then the next day they're like, what are you playing? I'm like, I'm playing Hyrule Warriors. Like, why are you playing the same game? I'm like, what? Like you're, you played that yesterday. I'm like, yeah, I'm getting farther in it today, but you played that yesterday. Do you, do you not understand games that take more than like 20 minutes? <laughs> what? Like what? <laughs> uh, so I was playing Legend of Zelda Hyrule Warriors, the definitive edition, and it's a fun game. So this is, this is the, like, uh, the, the mass combat game like Dynasty Warriors, where it's like one versus a thousand. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I had one of those games for the Xbox. I forgot what it was yeah. called. I was always really terrible at Dynasty Warriors. Like, I had no idea what was going on. There were not very many instructions in game. Uh, it just wasn't clear what you were supposed to do or how you were supposed to do it. And it was, that was pretty bad. Uh, Legend of Zelda Hyrule Warriors is that, but with some better instructions and it's Zelda. So like all the characters have been replaced with Zelda characters and it's pretty cool. Um, you, you get to feel very powerful. You get to feel like a badass. You get to, uh, mow down legions of troops as Link. 
or Zelda, or Impa, or Sheik, or any of the characters from the multitude of games. Uh, it was originally designed for the Wii U, but it is better on the Switch, as was almost every game designed for the Wii U. It's a fantastic game, and I I really enjoyed playing it. I played a lot of it while I was there. I have barely, like, scratched... I, I thought I was getting to the end of the campaign, and then, no, there's, like, another half. There are a ton of other modes to play in. I don't even know what's going on with these fairies that I'm collecting, but you can evidently collect fairies. And and then there's, like, a Pokemon minigame. I guess it's more like a Tamagotchi minigame. <laughs> Where, like, you can take care of the fairies, and you can feed them and train them, and they help you in combat. It's a, it's a great game to pick up and just play for a little bit, and then pause, because it's on the Switch. And you can do that with most games on the Switch, because it's designed for that. So that's also awesome. That's pretty much it. Okay. I, it's a good game. You know, <laughs> not a real fan of the hack and slash stuff, so... I might. I'm, I'm gonna pass. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's that's up to you, man. That's totally okay. Wait, there's a character on the front of this cover that I don't even know who that is. <laughs> and how long have you been playing? A lot. I'm oh, playing a lot. That's funny. I I thought getting the master sword and defeating the evil sorceress, who was like the villain for the entire game, was going to be the end of the game. No, no, it's not. First off, then you get to replay the game from her perspective. And then there's even more stuff after that. All right, random topic. Random topic. Yeah. Rolled ahead of time. What you got? Will you sing a song in Klingon for one of your anniversary shows? No. (laughs) Yes, no, there is a standing rule that we are not allowed to sing on the podcast. I love that it has nothing to do with it being in Klingon. Yep. But it is actually, we have a rule. It was implemented early on, uh, way back when Andy and I would do our own, like, outros, and we are not allowed to sing on the podcast. Yep. Nope. We have been told (laughs) that we are not allowed to sing on the podcast. So... No, we we will not sing a song in Klingon. And will we play a song in Klingon? Possibly. I could, maybe, but we, we will not be singing one. I would have to find one that we would have the rights to be allowed to play. Yep. I mean, it's, the, 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 is, the, music, the music we currently play on the podcast is either we A... We were given permission. Yeah, it's either A, completely open source and public domain, or B, I have had literally verbal agreements from the artists themselves that we are allowed to play them. Those two things. So I would either have to find a public domain Klingon song or find somebody... Or get permission. Yes. Yeah. But yes, no, there there is a rule that we are not allowed to sing on the podcast. And I, Kate, you know, if she's around, always asks me what the random topic question is. And I told her this one. And she's like, uh, I've heard you speak Jewish, which in this case would actually be Hebrew. Um, and she said, No. <laughs> oh, thank you, Kate. I I appreciate that. No, Andy. No. Yeah. No. No. Not gonna do it. Wouldn't be prudent. Okay. I think so, that's it. Yep. So on that note, uh, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at 
RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. <laughs>